Good afternoon. I'm back. Every, everybody, we've got JB back in the studio. Uh, we don't have young Andy tonight. He's missing for once. The old reliable, as I like to call him, old, old faithful. He might he might have had a few RDOs up his sleeve, so <laughs> I'll definitely give him this one. He deserves a break. He's uh, he's done well. The only person who doesn't get a break seems to be me. So, yeah. and you know all all about that from the other podcast. But has <laughs> uh, a has a week weekend. Oh, you had a big weekend last weekend, didn't you? Yeah, last weekend before this weekend was me Bucks weekend, so it was uh, quite a big recovery. I reckon I had a week off. We had, we had myself and Andy here, and who was it? The lottery. They were holding up the sports confidential. Yeah, I wasn't good till about Tuesday morning. I reckon, um, but that's, holding up the platform. It had been a while since I had a couple of beers, so duly so. I deserved it and had a few, and now it's time to get back into it. And as I'm just looking at it before we even get into the run sheet for today, it's good to look at the top of the table and see Liverpool is still there. There was probably about three weeks or four weeks ago, I was thinking, oh, shaky Man City. Still think that Man City probably should win it, but and we'll get into that as we talk about it later. But, geez, the Premier League is ramping up. Yeah, it's hotting up for sure. Um, but before we jump into that, I guess we'll just, uh, first of all, part one, we'll go through just some general news, I guess. Uh, part two, we'll move into those results for match day 26 and have a little discussion. And then we'll jump into part three, where we'll cover just a preview of the FA Cup fifth round and Premier League match day 27 as well. So um, quickly from, from our general news, I guess one big thing is Liverpool. Uh, winners of the Carabao Cup, the uh, the great great trophy it is. You know, took took us away from being reigning champions, and now you current reigning champions. Yeah, exactly. And it feels uh, most of the news from the Carabao Cup was off the field. It felt like obviously there wasn't many highlights throughout the ninety yep. minutes. There was a few chances for both sides there, and obviously Liverpool got the win in the end. But then there's the discussion around Gary Neville saying the uh, billion pound bottle job. Yep. Which was uh, yeah, well, Chelsea. it was basically Liverpool kids one versus the uh, zero for the Chelsea one billion dollar bottle job. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit uh, harsh, but also pretty funny at the same time. I, th- uh, <laughs> I think if we were playing anyone else, it probably wouldn't have the same connotations to yeah. it that it does have. And I think it. We spoke about this uh, in our group chat for the from the spot. I, th- I think that well, there was elements of it that are a bit blown out of proportion in that there was Liverpool kids because let's be honest, there's players in there. Callagher playing in a lot of uh, finals and cups for us over the years, and he's 25 years of Van age. Van Dyke, Canate, yeah, so Canate, Cody Gakpo's not even, not a, even Harley Elliott. I know he's yeah. only 20 years old, but, but he's, he's played a lot. He's played over probably 100 caps in the Premier League, yeah. so I wouldn't say that he's a kid either, but. Still, to the fact of when it gets to the 90 minutes, you bring on uh, more academy kids and you think, okay, this is where Chelsea... Yeah, I think so it was that was the main part. That we're there's, there's almost like a little bit of a white flag going, ah, we'll just wrestle with it, trying to get to penalties and see what happens. But funnily enough, Chelsea's the one that really sort of parked the bus and Liverpool had the chances and Van Dijk's on a bit of a heater at the moment. He scored yeah, a couple of games. He's defended he quite well. And twice, actually, he scored in that game from pretty much exactly the same move with that little run to the the near post from a corner same sort of side of the corner as well so and that one got disallowed plus also as we get into the match day results he scored the exact same goal in the premier league three days before as well from that corner just cutting into the near post and, and heading it into the back of the net so someone's got to pick up on that sooner or later but i was going to say whoever the set piece manager is yeah Chelsea, <laughs> give him a raise yeah like- uh he's just won a trophy in a game off his own back 
But uh, Salah and Nunez, I believe they got rested. Yeah, there was there was reports of injury, and then you see Nunez jumping over signs and shit after the game. Yeah, I think there wasn't anything really wrong with him. I think he was uh, young lad. Klopp was just being a bit cautious with those two. Yeah, I think I, I think the thing that comes into that obviously is the FA Cup uh, fifth round, which we will talk about the Premier League, and then we've got the Europa League with matches coming up this week as well. So, especially with it being, uh, if you look at the prize money of the League Cup, yes, it's a major trophy, but if you win the if you win a round of uh, the fourth round of the FA Cup, you actually get more prize money than winning the League Cup. That's a funny stat, isn't it? <laughs> well, there, there's a there's a great little segue, and I guess it's a part of it as well. Is do you think with the new Champions League format coming out next year and extra games being added to that, extra teams being involved in that, is there going to have to be a leeway where cups sort of fall to the wayside? And I'm not saying you get rid of all of them, but it comes to a point where you go, hang on a minute, we're going to need about 40 blokes on our roster mm. just to filter through the season. And every year the so League much Cup football. gets less and less. Well, e- like, <clears throat> every, every league in sports is trying to expand. The NFL added an extra week. The AFL and the NRL have added extra weeks. The NBA have added the in-season tournament, all these sorts of things. Oh, well, it all just ends up being more money for the Correct. for the broadcasters, for the league, for everyone, really. So, but does that dilute? Do does it. that dilute the product? Yes, I believe it does. In a, in a in a roundabout way, yes, because I mean, at the end of the day, all it does is promote. Obviously, it probably uh, for adding more ch- uh, teams to the Champions League, I would think that dilutes the quality of the Champions League. Um, but then you may have a flow-on effect to something like the League Cup, the lower-tier competitions where, okay, now we're playing more games in the Champions League, so that means we've got more games we're going to have to rest players in the League Cup, or, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. So, so it gives that fairy tale sort of a thing potential for teams that are in lower Yeah, leagues. it's probably not a, not bad for your lower, lower league sort of players. But um, anyway... Uh, more injury woes. I'm not sure if you saw Gravenberg, but um, I did see that Gravenberg yeah. won a uh, trophy after leaving Bayern Munich, and uh, <laughs> the fact that for Harry Kane at the moment he's doing everything he can. I know that we're a Premier League podcast, but yeah. there's there's plenty happening across there. But yeah, there's poor there's that many injuries at Liverpool at the moment. That's why I'm a little bit more hesitant to say. I don't know if we're going to be that mm. good in the Premier League. Like I said, but obviously with the Europa League, the FA Cup coming up and just a frantic fixture with the injuries that we've got. And Man City seems to be getting their injured players back, which is just another factor there. So, yeah, it's good that Liverpool won. Don't get me wrong. Um, it sounds a little bit sombre, but let's be honest, it's the lowest cup trophy to win and uh, there's plenty of football still to play. I did think there was something very interesting as well coming from the end of that that Carabao Cup final was a quote from uh, Jurgen Klopp, and he I'll actually read it directly from, from the page. He said, There are longer careers than mine, but it's easily the most special trophy I've ever won. And, and just a, a follow-up question from that. you got to think about it. He's won the Champions League, the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Bundesliga, and the rest. What do you think has made him say that that's the most special? Uh, it's a weird one. Uh, I, I completely agree on that. I don't think I think that's probably in the heat of the moment making that sort of a statement. But I guess uh, around the fact that he's announced that he's retiring, um, he feels like he's burnt out, like he said multiple times throughout the season. And then to have the depth from players that he probably obviously didn't think that could get them across the line and to win it, 
Um, maybe it makes it special, but the fact that he brings Liverpool a Premier League for the first time ever in the new format, I would have thought that that would be right up there. But anyway. That's, that's yeah. what I – yeah, I genuinely thought it would have had to have been the Premier League or the Champions League for Liverpool would have been the most uh, um, impressive, I think, on his resume. But Maybe in German, special means something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure. But Moving on. To the other side of of Liverpool, there and Everton have actually had their points deduction reduced from six to ten, uh, from ten to six. Sorry. So talk about an entertainment business. You see the ten points deduction, and then there's talks that they could lose more. Obviously, nothing still comes out here with Man City, Man City's three hundred million uh, cases to <laughs> solve, and then the, you get it goes back to six points. What's going to stop it from going back to ten or down to three or whatever it is? You're, you're playing games with limbos here. I think I think it's good appeal. for Everton. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's still in a the limbo. They go to fifteenth now. They get that little bit of a buffer which helps them. But surely that's I think the it's end five of, points now from them to Luton. Yeah, so surely that ends it. Surely that goes okay. Yeah, I don't the think they the can discussion. go anything past there. That's the, you know, they either accept that decision or appeal it again. But I think from the sounds of things, uh, they've accepted that reduction in it. I might, um, I might be asking a question that you might not have the answer mm-hmm. to, but does that eliminate, because there was obviously further allegations that Everton had to face, is that final for everything, do you know? Um, no, so they've still, they and Forrest still have to um, be held to those charges, um, but they haven't handed down any sort of ruling on that yet. I believe they have to do it before the 1st of June because uh, that's when the clubs, like the promoted clubs that do come up, get paid for, you know, they get part of their shares or whatever it is. So it has to be done by that point. I don't think there's an actual end date on that currently though. So anyway, might just uh, jump quickly into a little little break and then, um, jump into part two. How does that sound? Beautiful. We'll be back. Done. It's time to review the match day 26 or match week 26 as it was. We'll go through it quickly now. I'll read them out and then we'll have a little bit of a dissect through those games. Liverpool beat Luton 4-1 quite convincing in that one. Burnley absolutely shit the bed per usual. Red card and go down 3-0 to Crystal Palace. Man United, wowee, I can't wait to dissect that one. I can see the look on Harley's face here now. They lost that one 2-1, which I couldn't believe. Loved watching that live. Aston Villa, 4-2. Very dominant performance in the end there by the Villa boys. Unai Emery would be excited with where they're at at this stage. Brighton, Everton ended in a 1-0 with Brighton having a red card in that game, which was massive towards that. Bournemouth versus City. City were clinical in some ways, winning 1-0, but uh, they just got the job done there. Arsenal dismantling Newcastle 4-1 in what was a demolition job there. The Wolves get the three points over Sheffield United, winning 1-0. And West Ham 4-2 winners over Brentford this morning. And as I looked that up, I seen Jared Bowen with a hat-trick, which we love to see. What game sticks out the most for you in that one, Harley? Well, there's, uh, there's a couple that I thought were really, really interesting results. I thought Arsenal looked just ominous with the way that they've been performing, not only this week, but the last five weeks or six weeks or something, because I think they've won six in a row now. It's weird to say, considering how close they are to the top of the ladder, but I would say that they're, you can trust them now. I think there was always issues. You go, okay, they, they've been right up there in performances. Yes, they're third on the ladder and they're they're close to it, but it just felt like are they really in the title race or are they sort of there? But now it's like, okay, 
they've got a bit of a backbone here now, and they 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 only just won that game. They flogged Newcastle a lot better, and I think the scoreline was quite nice considering it was a 4-1 result in the end. And the negatives that were sort of connotated with Arsenal earlier in the season were, oh, can they score enough goals? Can they, you know, can they create enough? Because they had so many issues with their, their forwards not scoring goals. Now it's just like a, a switch has just been flicked and they're just pouring in every week. They're scoring five, four and five goals for fun. Like A bloke that I didn't have in my team of the season halfway through, and it's not Kai Havertz, even though he scored on the weekend. I couldn't believe seeing that. But Odegaard, I think he started the year not slowly. I think he had, may have had a couple of injuries towards the start of the season. Don't quote me on that. But he's come into his own now. He's starting to create and do something different. And he, at this stage, for me, has just crept into my team of the season the way he's playing the last month. Mm. And the thing is, with with their, their play style, I'd say they're probably the most um, – like between them and City, City's probably still more organized in, in a sense. But these guys, with the amount of shots that they actually concede, even if they do sort of slow down scoring, I think that's probably their biggest strength is that they literally give the op- opposition nothing. Like they give you nothing. Right down the middle of the park is where they're strong. I think obviously Odegaard, like I just said then, but Saliba's having an unbelievable season as well. Yep. They just feel like they're that rock solid, sort of like what people talk about, and I hate to use another sports reference because I do it all the time, but sort of like an AFL when they say you've got a good spine. I feel mm. like they've got that really good strong in the midfield when they push out, and that creates what all the shots that they have. I think they weren't capitalising on those shots at the start of the season which cost them, but now I think obviously they're reaping the rewards and not only scoring, but yeah, like I said, they're flogging teams. Mm. And you look at players like it's not just like they're obviously coached very well in the way that they move. Like you look at the way they always hold like a double pivot in midfield when they are pushing up, but it it takes the the player's knowledge of the game and reading of the game to notice. Like when Odegaard, you know, gets in and plays a cross in or something, he always checks to see whether that double pivot's being filled, whether it's Jorginho and, um, say, nice. Rice are there. And he always he's always looking. So he, he'll make a run forward. And then if he notices that that's not being replaced, he gets out and he gets in covers. So they, they're always – and he's not the only one that – oh, bang, bang, broken monitor. Yeah, it's all happening here on the. <laughs> he's always uh, him and others. They're all coached the same way, where they actually know how to rotate at the perfect time to cover those spaces, so they're not left completely open. So um, yeah, they're they're just sort of tracking in the right direction. I think they're with Liverpool's current injury list. I think it's going to come down to either them or City, if I'm completely honest. Um, do I Arsenal, know that'll break your heart. but Do, do Arsenal have the best midfield in the league now? Oof. Or has City still got it? It's a tough one. I don't know. It's a question. You've got Rodri, De Bruyne. Nah, City's got it. Rodri, De Bruyne, and who else? Bernardo Silva or... Foden, if he plays... Back. Yeah, I think you've, you've still give it to City, to be City. honest. But... Um, we're, yeah, they were always. We wouldn't have had put... that question at the start of the season, they would be like, no, you wouldn't even have thought about. It. You'd just gone City straight no. off the bat. But I mean, they were always probably any team was going to put four goals past Newcastle if they had carries in goals. So, <laughs> yeah, well, welcome back to the Premier League. <laughs> when I've seen it, obviously I've kept made a couple of sports, like, but then I'm, well. I'm watching the game and I'm like, is that carries? I'm like, shit, I forgot. I'm like, I thought he was somewhere across oh, uh, Eastern in, Europe. Yeah, he's been in a few different joints, but. 
Um, couple of red cards, as you mentioned, Brighton. Uh, they were. I would say yeah, that's the most. That's the most one-sided one-one I've ever seen. <laughs> Just yeah. about like Brighton had all of the play up until they had that red card, but Everton had actually scored by that point, even though they had all the play. Um, and then silly red card and actually come up with a late equaliser. So good on them. They got something out of it, but they should have won that game, I thought. Um, and Burnley getting a red card. I'm not sure if you saw that one, but Trafford just played a bit of a um, nonsensical pass. But you can tell it's just how he's getting coached to to play those balls out from the back. Uh, I don't think you can blame him personally for it. It's just takes his knowledge to know when to do it and when not to do it, I guess. Um, but I think we're going to see them go down. Hate to break your heart on this one. We do have to touch over it, and it's the Fulham United game. Obviously, very subdued first half in terms of, um, I think, ch- chance not only just shots but chances sort of created, and then you get towards the second half. Maguire hits the equaliser, which I think the Maguire slander has stopped. I think it's just something that everyone's just sort of nodded their head at and gone, you know what, he's actually having a pretty good season. And it's not just because he's scored as well. I think he's shored up a lot of things. Yeah. No pun intended. He has been in defense. But, he has played well. Um, and then obviously Counteract goes up the other end. Awobi scores in the 97th minute to break the hearts. But I think United were extremely disappointing in that. We and were. I think, and I think Fulham... Especially sh- for the first 60 minutes. I think Fulham should have uh, capitalized on that earlier. I think obviously they got the result in the end of the game, but it felt like... Um, and funnily enough, I betted on it. it was either Fulham or a draw for the result for how it was going to sway towards the end of it. United pull one back and you go, oh, they've done it again. You know, Scotty McTominay's saved the day. Now Harry Maguire's saving the day. Um, and then Fulham get the result. And I think it comes into question now the goal differential um, for where United sit. Obviously, we've seen the jokes around it. You look at it, they're one minus one, there's zero around there. But that comes to a point where if you're not scoring enough, Funnily enough, you're not going to get enough points to keep yourself up there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that sort of ties in with the glaring hole that was quite obvious in that game, which was Rasmus Hoyland not playing and having Marcus Rashford playing through that middle middle area because he basically barely even got a touch. Um, you know, you could have put a traffic cone out there and got nearly the same amount out of that game from, from the centre forward. And then that's not completely... Marcus Rashford's fault. Like he's been very vocal about it, how he doesn't feel like he's um he knows how to play that position, which I can understand. Everyone, you know, gravitates to certain positions. Uh but it also did look a bit like he wasn't really trying that much at the same time. Yeah. Uh, makes you potentially question has he checked out in the summer, you know, cuz I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if there's offers coming from France for for his signature. I picture, in the I picture summer. him in. I picture him in Italy at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, I know. He's like, not, he's not going to be there next year. Yeah. I, I've got a a small subtle feeling about that. Um, which I don't think. I, I think that could be a win win situation for whoever goes for him and Manchester United. Um, look, obviously, if you'd take him getting back to that form last year, he would be. You know, you'd take that over selling selling him, obviously. But uh, I think if if a decent enough offer comes along, they'll they'll let him go. Um, especially with with Mbappe leaving Paris, that leaves a big hole through their front three for something to fill. I just don't think he suits 
the way that United play now. I think mm. obviously previously they they filtered through him. He had a lot of shots. He had a lot of um, obviously chances on goal, and he capitalised on that last year. But now that the way that they're playing, now that Hoyland's in the side when he is fit, obviously, and the way that they're going forward with it, I just don't think, yeah, like I said, I don't see a future with him at United. The other thing is there, I've, uh, I think he's really suffered this year in terms of Luke Shaw being unavailable as well because they do really link up well down that left-hand side. Plus, also with Lissandro Martinez has been out for most of the season as well. So most of our play has not been through that side, whereas last year nearly all of our play was through that side because you got Martinez, Shaw, who are both really good at progressing the ball and then progressing it through to Rashford. So I think he's really taken a hit in terms of that. And you can tell he's a confidence player. Yeah, as soon as he's down, as soon as he's down, you can see it. Like he, he's very um, took the words out of my mouth. Obvious. So it'll be very interesting to see how we go for the next three months because we're not going to have Martinez or Shaw for those two or three months, which is a big loss for us. But yeah, you got to deal with it, I guess. So we move on. The next one for me, before just to sum things up here for me, is the roller coaster of a team that is West Ham. Um, <laughs> they go out and win this four two. They lost their last three before this game. Somehow they're still eighth on the ladder, which probably seems about right. They've beaten teams that you wouldn't think that they'd beat. Then they go and lose ones that they shouldn't. And, you and get, not just normal loss, like some really embarrassing losses too. Yeah, well, their, their goal differential is minus six at this stage. Mm. And when you're eighth on the ladder, no, even no one around them is even close to that. The, the next one is Fulham in 12th. So I think great to watch. Uh, but if you're a West Ham fan, you'd be pulling your hair out going, what is going on here? And there is similarities between the the way that they're performing and the way that United's performing, funnily enough, where it's just, you know, one week you get a good good performance out of them and they and they pump a bunch of goals past someone and then the next week they basically looks like they're not on the pitch. So interesting to see um, what happens with David Moyes going forward. Uh, I think he's sort of living off that credit in the bank, if you want to call it, from last year with, with the European trophy and, and getting him in the sort of top half of the table after having a poor Premier League campaign last year. So, um, but... They can always rely on players like Jared Bowen to to perform sometimes, that's for sure, uh, with his first senior hat-trick. Um, and I'm not sure if you saw that goal by Emerson, but that was absolutely unreal. I haven't smack seen one it. in, I'll top put it, in. I'll put it on the socials after I look at it later yep, on. Smack one in, top corner. It was just like the icing on the cake when... When the game was three uh three two at that point, I believe, and he just sort of went, All right, game over, guys. Um so good on him, good on Bowen, good on Mope for stirring shit up as usual as well, like he always does. Um got in the head of one of the West Ham coaches on the sideline and was laughing about it shortly afterwards. Uh but you expect that from Neil Mope, so um anyway. All right, let's get into the FA Cup fifth round. We've already had a game, Coventry spanking Maidstone United 5-0. Maidstone doing well to get that far, obviously, but uh, didn't live up to the expectations playing away from home there. We'll kick things off with Bournemouth versus Leicester. Where do you, where do you sit with this one? And probably by the time this podcast is out, these will have yeah, played. These, well. There's three games that probably will have played here. but Let's see we'll how good our predictions anyway. are for yep. everyone out there. Um, Bournemouth versus Leicester, I'm probably going to take, I think, Bournemouth in that game, you'd think, at home. Um, should be able to get the the cherries. 
<laughs> no, no, not too bad. I'm going to take Leicester. Obviously, top yeah. of the table in the yeah, in the championship. Doing They're well. playing well. Bournemouth, I can't trust at the moment unless they bring Eddie Howe back. I don't see anything positive happening. Mind you, Sheds, Sheds Leeds knocked them off the other day. Yes, they did. Did well. Heard all about it. So <laughs> I'm going to take I'm going to take Leicester two one in that one. Yep. Right. Beautiful. Blackburn Rovers versus Newcastle. Blackburn home game. Same thing tomorrow, six forty five a.m. our time. So if Newcastle lose this. Wow, what a disappointing season. I had them in the top four at the start of the year. bit advantageous considering they had Champions League. They actually played okay in the Champions League, gone shit since then. But you surely, were definitely giving him the... I was all over him. The Eddie Howe. That, you, were, you were riding on the Eddie Howe love, yeah, I think, a little uh, bit. But I was. It, it'd be interesting with Eddie Howe's future with the way things are going because it's looking like everything's stagnated. They're not really progressing like they were, even at the start of this season, the the results weren't there, but it was like, oh, you know, they've had a lot of injuries and and so forth. But Nothing's the jelling. troops have come back to a degree now and are still having the same issues by the looks of it. He'll be at, Eddie Howe will be at Crystal Palace, I reckon. Ooh, Something along those cool. lines, yeah. I think. Yep. All right, but I'll take Newcastle 2-0. I think, yeah, I think they'll probably get up here. Yeah. I'm not sure on the scoreline, to be honest with you, but I think Newcastle will take that. Man City Luton next at Kenilworth Road. This is danger game written all over it, I reckon, for City here. I'd love to say it. At Luton Town. They've got some really good results against top opposition at Kenilworth Road this year. They What did they get? A draw against, um, I think it was Liverpool. They yep. got a draw and Liverpool had to come back late. They, what, 4-3 against Arsenal. Arsenal scored a late winner. City... 2-1, I believe it was, late winner, um, pushed Manchester United. They pushed a bunch of teams that are in that sort of top six, they top half City of the as well. Yep. So, yeah. In saying that, I'm going City 3-1. <laughs> with no confidence either. It's hard, with the, it's, it's hard depending on who's actually lining up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the lineup, whether City rest a couple and trying to put all their eggs in the uh, Premier League and Champions League basket. But I'm going to go... Big here and say Luton Town snatch it. That's going to be the upset of the round. There haven't really been a lot of FA Cup upsets yet, and I reckon that's going to be one. That would be that would be enormous, enormous, enormous just for Luton Town in general, but enormous for the competition too because that will open it right up. I agree. We move on to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds <laughs> versing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I hate to say it's shed. I think Chelsea had a bit of fire in the belly after the way they played the other night, and they should. I reckon. I reckon you lose 3-0 on this one. I think Chelsea have to win this. If they don't, I'd love to see Leeds win it. Absolutely love to see I it. I hate Leeds, but I'd love to see Leeds win it. Yeah. Honestly, it'd just be funny three to watch. 3-0 to Chelsea with no confidence. Uh, it's, it's a little bit, like we said, depending on who's playing. And, and it's also up and down for um, at Stamford Bridge. You'd, usually it used to be a fortress, not anymore. Yeah, Nottingham, not for a while. Nottingham Forest versus United next. Ooh, another danger game. I think yep. I think United do win this. I'm going to take a 1-0. I think we should, um, definitely. But mind you, Forest beat us there earlier this year as well. Uh, you never know what you're going to get from us. Seems to be when we do have a poor performance, we generally, the next week or the next game, we generally pick it back up, which is promising. But... Yeah, at the same time, who fucking knows with <laughs> with Manchester United as it is. So I'll, I'll take an optimistic one that will will knock them off. But um, anything can happen in the F- FA Cup, that's for sure. Especially with 
who knows? Someone there's got to be one of these games that'll go to penalties. I'm sure. So I was just about to say that's me next guest. Yep. I'm going to go one all for Wolves versus Brighton next in that one. Yep. No confidence in either side. <laughs> no confidence. I honestly, I reckon Wolves will take that at Molyneux. They've been very, very good at home. Very good at home this year. They're actually sitting what ninth? I believe they're above or just just behind Brighton. One space, two spaces behind. So. Under Gary O'Neill, he's doing a good job, um, proving that they can score goals without the players that they've let go as well. So, does the fifth round go to a replay, or is it extra time penalties? Do it's you know? extra time penalties. Right. Yeah. So I'll take I'll take Brighton on penalties, no confidence. Yeah. So Liverpool Southampton next. I think, this, I think this is going to be like a two-two, and I think it goes to extra time yet again. I, I have that feeling. You'd I hope think, not for I, Liverpool's sake. Yeah, I hope not, but I think I think Southampton will show up. And the I, less minutes you guys have to play, the better. Two two, and I think Liverpool again win it at extra time. That's my guess. We've had the landscapers roll in the backyard here. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Come jump on, guys! All right, uh, yep. So Liverpool Southampton. Yeah, I think Liverpool take take the chocks there at home. To be honest, um, they might play the kids. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. All right, um, jumping out of that one, we'll jump into predictions for match day 27. Yeah, Starting the weekend off, Newcastle at home versus Wolves. What do we got? Well, I just said uh, you can't trust either side here, but Newcastle need to respond after that game against Arsenal. I'm going to take Newcastle 1-0 at home. Yeah, I'm going to take them 2-1. Jumping out of that into Tottenham at uh, Tottenham versus Crystal Power. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Tottenham versus Crystal Palace at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a two all in this game. I just feel it has a little bit of everything about him. Um and Tottenham's screaming draws at the moment. Ooh, I reckon Tottenham keep a clean sheet at home and go two nil against Crystal Palace. All right. Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool at Danger Game. The City Ground again. So a few few home games in a row for Nottingham Forest. Uh, danger game. I'm going to take Nottingham Forest one nil. Oof. You don't often that not would score. be an enormous result. Yeah, we don't enormous not score, in... but I just have I just have a feeling that it, oh, this tax is going to get to us, and if it plays out the way I think it is, unfortunately, so I'm going to take Liverpool two one. Got more faith than me. <laughs> oh, wait, Brentford versus Chelsea. The bees. I'm going to take the bees on that one. I reckon. Score. Two one. I'll I'll Two, take one Brentford. I'll take a one all in that game. I've been very boring here. A couple of, <laughs> a couple of. We're, we're going to have some goals at some point. It's probably in this game. Everton versus West Ham. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to take Everton. I might as well go for it now. I'll go Everton. Sorry, I'll go West Ham three one. I'm going to take three two Everton. I reckon. Oof. That'd be a great. It's record. definitely a game that does suit because they both do like getting out on the transition and and getting at defenses. So, yeah, Fulham versus Brighton back at to a, back to a snooze fest. Fulham at home, yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like this could be another one of those boring brophy this week. I'm going one one. Yeah, I was just thinking a very similar result to that Everton game with Brighton on the weekend. So, I think one one is spot on there, mate. Uh, Luton Town at home again against Aston Villa. Now, I think this plays up with them after playing against City. They're most likely going to play their starting 11 against City, FA Cup. Yeah. Bit of money. They need it. 
I'm going to take Villa to win this one 4-0. I think they'll still play their strongest 11 in both, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. They don't play a lot of games, but um, yeah, I think this could be a game where the legs are a little bit tired. So yeah, I'm going to take Aston Villa 2-1. I think Luton Town have always got a goal in them with the way they drag drag teams into playing that sort of transitional game. Speaking of triple B here, Burnley, Bournemouth, Eagles, boring. Um, <laughs> nothing really in this one for me. I know we're supposed to be pumping up the Premier League. Solanke hat trick, 3-0. I'm going to gonna take Bournemouth 2-0. All right. And, the Manchester Derby. Derby. Comes around quick. Far out. Problem is it's at the Etihad and... We've got like half our starting 11 out. So, so Hoyland back on, he's out for I, a while. Yeah, don't believe he'll be back. They said two to three weeks, which was a week and a bit ago. So, I mean, possibly, but I don't think so. So, yeah, this could be – I've got a feeling that we'll go out and do what we did against Liverpool at home where we just go out and just park the bus, try and limit damage control as much as possible. And move on to the next game. If you snatch something, then, you know, even better. So I'm going to take probably Man City 2 1. I'm going to take, I'm going to take 2 0 City. Yeah. In that one. Wouldn't surprise me. And into the, the flat track of the round is, is what you could probably call it because Sheffield United have had some torrid results at home against Arsenal, the informed team in the Premier League. What do you think? 5 0. I'm, I'm going to say this could be one of those big ones, like a six or a seven. I'd love to say it. With the way that Arsenal are playing and the way that Sheffield United always play, I'm going to go 6-0. 6-0. 6-0. That's that's probably the biggest scoreline I've called this year, I reckon. Oh, geez, I'd love to say it. It would be wild. Uh, I wonder what the, the odds would be to put that on. Yeah, we might post that on the socials. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, for Harley, for another a bit of a makeshift episode. We've it had is to make a it work, chop, but thanks everyone that's also listened as well. Make sure you follow on all the socials, um, all the Sports Confidential Network um, pages and everything above that. But uh, you're doing a great job, Harley, and uh, everyone's been loving the pod so far. Yeah, rowing the boat, mate. Solo. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, hope everyone has a good weekend and go the Reds. Yeah, go the Reds. <laughs> <laughs>